I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I am Giulio Gallarotti. I'm joined here by New Hope's own Francis Ellis. New Hope's own. New Hope. <laughs> New Hope, PA, dude. New Hope, Pennsylvania. Bucks County, Doylestown. Yep. Near New the Hope. place where New Washington Hope? crossed the Delaware. Is it? Very, very close. Like, In- within a mile here. Is there Amish? There's like Amish country near there, right? I think no. all of Pennsylvania. Well, I guess it's Quaker, Quaker, but there may be Amish too. And, you don't uh, really see the Amish much because they live in the trees, you know. <laughs> My parents used to go to Bucks County for like special special romantic occasions. Oh, it's very quaint. It's very um, very bed and breakfasty. Yeah. But Love dude, I I've, I've been swimming in the Delaware the last two days, and I'll tell you, it's powerful. <laughs> it is. That current is not fucking around. Yeah, it's like, do you do like a swimming treadmill? You just like swim upstream and not move? Anyway. And you have, to, you have to try really hard. And then <laughs> in order to get back to the bank, you have to swim at like an 11 o'clock angle. Oh, wow. You, you can't swim at 9 o'clock. That's like dangerous, dude. Be careful. <laughs> well, it just made you realize how people drown so often. I know. I know. It's sad. Um, I mean, that's, and that is uh, sadly a very topical. I know. The. Uh, Naya Rivera Rive- is her name. Naya right? Rivera um, from Glee. Did you watch Glee? Were you a Glee I, I guy? I never did. I never did. But uh, Hillary's a big fan, and everybody around here has been bummed out about it. Yeah. Really. Dude, there's something sad about like. Sorry. Something crazy about just like r- random tragic drowning of young stars, like Natalie Wood drowned, and th- there's always like drowning stories are so weird because you can never really figure out what the fuck happened either. It makes them like particularly tragic. I know, I know, and hers was so bad because yeah. the, the little boy was with her. I I, I, I think in general, um, not to like give a lesson or anything, but if you're going out on a boat, you should have a at least another adult. I think there should be multiple. I don't know. I guess it's easy to say in hindsight. No, but you're right. I'm not like trying some to kind of buddy adult buddy system because it's just dude, a it's, risky thing. Like there's a lot of risk everywhere, you know? Yeah. It's a very sad and scary thing for sure, dude. Yeah. But I'm so, glad that you're swimming responsibly. And well, kind yourself. of dude. So we were biking, we we're biking along the river. So on one side is the Pennsylvania right side. And mm-hmm. then the other side of, is the New Jersey side. Yeah. And we crossed the footbridge and we're on the New Jersey side. And we ran into a group of, of youths. Youths. You know what I mean? You, youths. Youths. Yeah. <laughs> and they all had, they were probably like 21 years old. Dude, they were drinking twisted tea out of a oh, bag man. and passing it around like it was a, a a, a skin of wine <laughs> in Spain, <laughs> like from Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises. And, um, and then they were jumping off this railing into a, between these two stanchions of a, of a bridge. 
And I was like, I love jumping off of bridges and cliffs into water. <laughs> and uh, I was like, is this safe to jump? And they were like, yeah, you just have to hit this spot. Yeah. That's fine. And I was like, I'm going to have to see one of you do this first. And the guy was like, this guy had all these tattoos, this kid. And he was like, no problem. I gotcha. And he goes in and then he's down in the water and he comes up and he's like, here, watch, I'll touch I'll, or I'll show you how deep it is. And he, <laughs> he struggled so much to go underwater. <laughs> like he couldn't, he's like, he, yeah, he couldn't get himself down. You know what I mean? So his, his hands were just always above. His head would go like a half a foot underwater. And then he'd come up and I'd be like, did you touch? And he's like, no, it's too deep. I can't get down. And I'm like, dude, you, you got to let the air out of your lungs. H have you never submerged yourself before? <laughs> this idiot. Kids and amateur. So, but they were really sweet. They were actually, it was one of, it was a group of youths where I was expecting them to be very miscreant. Right. Miscreanty. <laughs> and, word. and then they weren't, they were incredibly cordial. They were very kind to my girlfriend. And I said to myself, you know, don't judge a book by its cover friend, because just because these, these, these youths probably haven't read too many books doesn't mean that they're not sweet and kind people. Well, I think, yeah, the face tattoos are an immediate sort of like red flag in terms of like, are these kids going to be rascals or not? Yeah, they didn't have face tattoos, uh, uh, but they had they had a lot of uh, disparate tattoos Yeah, that seemed yeah. like they'd be regretful. So these kids, these kids um, were telling me, though, they we, for some reason, they were talking to my girlfriend about they, I guess they went to the same high school. Um, OK, They're and obviously, locals? yes, local yokels. Oh, I have another story for you after this that you're going to love. Great. Um, so we're, we go to, uh, it, it's about tennis. So don't, don't let me forget tennis. Cool. Okay. So we go, we're talking to these kids and they're, my girlfriend is asking them if things have changed at the local high school. And one of them starts telling her that it's gotten a lot stricter, that um, security guards are accompanying people into the bathrooms. And He's like, it sucks, you know, because they just want to come in and make sure we're not vaping. <laughs> and it's funny, dude, because and, and, and then he asked her, he was like, did you guys have that? And my girlfriend was like, we didn't have vaping when I was in high school. <laughs> like, duh. And it's amazing to think of how uh, prevalent vaping is. But I also was going to ask you this. Do you think that vaping will be phased out in the next like five years? Do you think our kids will be facing vaping a lot in high schools? It seems like they've already phased out the jewel to a degree. So it looks like it's, but I don't know if they're going to figure out a way around that or like how the kids are getting around it. I know they still sell the tobacco flavor, I think, and maybe a couple others. Um, yeah. Chris is saying most states are banning flavors. Um, I don't, dude, I don't know. To be honest, like, I don't know if smoking is going to make a comeback or like what the event, where this ends up, but I'm not really sure. What do you think? Well, if you think about, I mean, if you watch 80s high school comedies, like Dazed and Confused or right. uh, whatever, there's always a scene of, of the high school kids going into the bathroom to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, everyone's fucking smoking darts. And that didn't happen... <laughs> At my high school, there were a few kids who smoked cigs, but they would like go out to the parking lot or something. Right, right. Um, 
And so I think even from then to now, there was such a shift out of cigarettes. I think that uh, what's going to happen is that like our kids may, may be vaping, you know, the science will be out and that people will be discouraged and think it's disgusting, but it'll just be replaced by the newest iteration of, a, of an addictive thing for teenagers right right kids will just be walking around with a nicotine iv in their arm yeah like some kind of like <laughs> tobacco eye patch that right, everyone's right. wearing you know and or they'll start chewing nicorette gum or something yeah i wonder what it'll be i mean there's That's these funny, companies right? just constantly stay one step ahead of the curve right <laughs> it's true it's true i mean dude i'm glad you had a good interaction though with those kids i mean like i feel like you know, since the beginning of this podcast, like I've just been having unfortunate run-ins with like fucking youths. Yeah, you don't, in, you don't do well with the youths. You got some problems not. with the youths, yeah. I saw these two kids in an elevator. This was oh when I was in Idaho. Did I tell the story already? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I'm in an elevator with these two kids and like these kids kind of look like shitheads. They were like 14, 13 years old. Like one of the kids might have braces, but like they kind of just looked like they were trouble, like troublesome kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, mischievous. So they start talking to me. And like, you know when you were a kid, you'd like talk to like an older person in an elevator? And, yeah, and- by the way, the words you're using are perfect. Mischievous. Shithead. Shithead is the perfect term for a mischievous youth. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Keep going. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. So these kids, uh, they just start talking to me like in a way where they don't actually want to talk to me, but they think it's funny that they're like fucking with me, you know? Yeah. So they're yeah. like, hey, what's up? And I was like, what's up, guys? And they're like, what are you up to tonight? And I was like, nah, I don't know, man. Like, what are you guys up to tonight? And I don't know why I did this. I was like, I went, I don't know, fucking. So, which is like a weird thing to just be like cursing at children. But I thought that like if I showed them that I was cool, that they would like not bully me. <laughs> so then, dude, then I'm wearing like, a, you know, per usual, I'm wearing some kind of Travis Scott memorabilia. And uh, the kids, as I walk out of the elevator, I just hear the kid go, uh, Travis Scott's so cool, dude. Uh. It's like, fuck you, you little shits. Who's your yeah. mom? Yeah, yeah, you should bang their mom. <laughs> that was my next thought. That's a way to really cause, to really win that exchange. <laughs> you won't be laughing when I'm piping out your mom later, you little yeah. fucking losers. But dude, here's the thing. You're smart enough to beat them. Right, I should be. There are, there are ways for you to beat them, right? Because all those kids have is, is doing what they did. Some kind of way of being, of like mocking you. They're going right. to be, they think they're being ironic and, you know, that they're cooler than you. <laughs> and you can, you can really fuck with kids like that. Right. Like you could, you could take them out of their comfort zone by being unpredictable. No, for sure. And and then throw them off their game. Like, I, I, if I were you, I don't know. You you could you could just totally have fun with it. Like, be like, listen, do you guys want some meth? <laughs> and, and and then like start reaching into your pocket and being like, you can have some for free. Like, I don't know if you guys are into this. The problem is, you know, they might be. Um, <laughs> that is a problem. You could, you could start saying some crazy shit. Just uh, invite them to come to some kind of really dangerous sounding party. Or, <laughs> or take know. my dick out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a great move. 
team to get a children in the elevator. That's a great move. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do? Just start oh, – you don't even – don't even take your dick out. Just go over to the corner, take your dick out, and start pissing. And then be like, can you guys look away? You Excuse know? me, fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The problem is they're going to put it on TikTok. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, most of the things that we've just discussed are a crime. (laughs) crime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of things that you could do, but fuck. The the problem is, by engaging at all, you lose 95% of the time. So you have to think of the perfect way to handle it. Mm -mm. I I disagree. I disagree. I think you're thinking along the lines of a comedian. Like, you're thinking, these are hecklers – I have to root them out and I have to say the perfect thing. You could just be, you can just out crazy people. Right. No, just you're right. Out crazy them. And dude, if they start to think like, whoa, we didn't realize what we were getting ourselves into, they're going to fold. Right, 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 right. That's very true. Especially like I was in a nice hotel. These kids were clearly with their parents. It's a little different than when the kids were throwing M&Ms at me, but the stakes were a little higher. Yeah, you that situation you don't have a choice. You just right. have to put your head down and and wait till it's over. But in this one, you could pull out your phone and fake a phone call and say some insane shit. <laughs> you know, start being like, start just like planning a, 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 a an assassination or something. Right, right. Being like, use a paper, use a plastic bag. And then right. get rid of the body, you know, get rid of it under the bridge, whatever. Do some some crazy shit, dude. Um, dude, by the way, speaking of which, chopping in bags, did you hear about what happened to that guy in New York? Yes, I did. Somebody was dismembered with, and there was a, an electric saw near his body. No blood. Professional job. Like, what the hell did this guy do? How do you not leave any blood? I, I, apparently it was just like meticulously cleaned up and yeah, it's like Dexter wow. and dude, I mean, I wonder like what like did a hit that seems like a hit, like some kind of like, what mm. do you think that guy was up to no good? Is that like fucked up with me to suggest that? Like, I'm sorry to his family. Like this is a complete tragedy and, and you know, obviously nobody deserves that, but I wonder like how the hell do you get chopped into pieces? Random. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a really good question. And then, the guy left the saw, right? He left yeah. the saw there, which is sort of like in the Sopranos when they drop the gun, which is something that always confused me, by the way, because the gun's going to have fingerprints on it. They right. never wore gloves. They Wait, they did wear gloves. Dude, not, not all the hits right? in the Sopranos do they wear gloves. <laughs> and they dispose of the gun. They just throw it right at the scene. And I think... What I read was like, well, it's better than them finding the gun later on the person because then they can be like, well, this is the murder weapon that you, you, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. It, right. it doesn't make I mean, any You got to find the murder weapon. Um, but dude, it does beg the question, right? Like what is the market for hitmen? It's a great question. Like what is the cost of hiring a hitman who really knows what they're doing. How do you even find him? How do you find that guy? (laughs) What is it? $50,000? Is it a hundred? I just, 
I have so many questions. I would love to learn more about the murder uh, industry. So then that begs the question too. It's like that guy had to be, yeah. So the guy who got chopped up was a, C, a tech CEO. He, he was a pretty wealthy guy, whatever. I mean, went all over the world too. He had all sorts of like international gaming stuff. Um, but back to your question about all this stuff, like does, was the hitman formerly in the military? You have to assume he probably was. Yeah, that makes sense. Like how do you get trained otherwise? Yeah, it's paramilitary, right? It's like a lot of guys that work for the contracting, the private contracting firms and stuff. Right, right. the Blackwater and all that shit. Yeah. It has to be, right? Like mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't explain how he was so adept at the blood stuff right. and the science of it. Right. No. So that sure. makes me think this guy really was an expensive hire, right? Yeah. Top of the line. To. He had like, to. Do you, did you ever watch... Um, the Tanya Harding movie. I did. I, I thought of that immediately when I was thinking of this because that was right. just completely botched. So they like hired their friend who, you know, was just like this overweight dude willing to do it. Galuli. Galuli was, no, that, that was the yeah, boyfriend. Right. right. And he like hit her in the leg with a pipe. Yeah. For 40 bucks and a happy meal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not the way to do it. Yeah, you need to um, you need your budget to be allocated properly to the hitman. Yeah. But it's fascinating cuz you know what it does? It it validates the movies. Because right. it makes you realize, oh, there is a market for this. And I don't know if it's you're finding these guys on like uh, Silk Road or the dark web or you know, certainly we talked about that Russia book I read. The government of Russia has access to incredible assassination equipment. Oh, dude, they're the best at it. I mean, it, it keeps happening. Yeah. Crazy. But, well, but uh, I don't wait, know but, what we said. No, no, no. But, but in regard to this, uh, it would be funny to talk to a hitman and just like have him be like, oh, it ain't all it's dished out to be in the movies. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why right. I'm giving that accent. But like, dude, it, you're right. It's a real thing. And, how do you, I sometimes wonder this, like if I'm really mad at somebody, I'll sometimes be thinking about how I could murder them. hundred percent. I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time. And it's a type of thing where not leaving a paper trail is an unbelievably complicated thing. And at the end of the inner dialogue, I come to the conclusion that there is no way for me to do it without putting myself at an extremely high risk of getting caught. Right. You know, right. you can't call anybody or that gets traced. Right. Even right. if, you, but if you meet with somebody, you met with them. And like, where were you that day? You might've been with the guy, even if you're in the middle of a fucking field. Totally, totally. Dude, you know, you know what I, I think I've said this before. What I fantasize a lot about is not so much killing someone as hiring like Lisbeth Salander from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Someone like that to plant troves of child pornography on the hard drives <laughs> of, uh, of my enemy's personal computers. <laughs> and then sending in an anonymous tip to the FBI. The problem is I would have so much glee being the guy who alerted the FBI. And then they'd be like, well, how, Francis, we, you know, we know this guy and you hated each other. Clearly Correct. you had something to do with this. And then they would have, and then you would have maybe had to either be the one who gathered the child porn or you had conspired to gather child porn through others and either way you're getting yourself in harm's way yeah at, at we're at best i'm framing somebody and and then i'm in trouble for that um 
but dude, it's a great question. All right. So let's try to, let's try to lay out the, the cleanest bare minimum way for you and I who are not in the murder game and have no connections to get somebody killed. Right. Because let's think about this, right. Starting from position one, from square one. Right. Let's say that we have a, a guy we want to kill. His name's Billy. Sure. I don't know who, like, do you have someone in mind who you would get in touch with who could potentially know something about that? Jeez. I mean, maybe, but how the hell do you even, how do you even approach that conversation? I, that seems like a conversation that happens over a long dinner at the end of the dinner. It has to be a friend. It has to be someone you trust. The first person you talk to has to be someone you really trust. Okay. And then they, okay. In all likelihood, given that we're normal upstanding citizens, they're going to try to dissuade you from doing this thing. Right. Don't cross over to the dark side. Once you do it, there's no turning back. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but it, but it, let's say that they somehow are on board, right? So that right off the bat, you've got one person who now knows that you're involved, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, I don't think I know anyone personally who has a direct line to an assassin. Yeah. So at the, at, at the next, they're then getting in touch with another person. Right. I guess I'm wondering how many degrees of separation are you from a hitman? And you, I'm going to be honest. I think that we're probably not as far away from removed as we think we are. I think I am much more removed than I think I am. Closer than you are to Kevin Bacon. Dude, it's like for me, <laughs> I know a guy who can get like a lot of cocaine wholesale so that guy knows somebody who he'd be the guy i'd get in touch with and then it maybe he'd get in touch with his like big time drug dealer and then that guy would be able to maybe get in touch with somebody but now now it's out of your control do you know what i mean because then that person could spread it to a couple people right right you don't want you like you want as few people knowing about this as possible which then sort of leads me to and believe that maybe at that point, yeah. At that point, you're, it's not like you're going to interview the hitman. Just it's not like interviewing a nanny <laughs> to be like, "What are your methods? Like, you know, what do you do in this scenario? What if this happens? Like, what are you going to use? Um, what's your availability like?" Dude, that's great. Yeah, you can't you can't be doing that. So. I think it's like four or five degrees of separation, which means that the the bubble grows, which means that the police or the FBI have more and more people whom they can lean on to trace it back to you. Totally, dude. And you you have to also imagine that like private security companies maybe know people. Like there's maybe a more, you know what I mean? Like any company that can like extract you from a dangerous situation has to know. I guess, I, I guess, know, but like I, I, they, they tend to, I feel like private security company, I don't know. I, I, my thought was to try to get in touch with somebody in organized crime. Right. That, that has to be a good first step. <laughs> 
that's the other way to go, right? Is to just get Tony from the meatball shop <laughs> to put you in touch with some guy who's very overweight, but somehow can kill people like it's a Scorsese movie. You know what I mean? I did. Yeah. Yes, I do. Because, I because that's, that's what you see. Like there's in the movies, like there's two different ways, right? There's like the former CIA operative who, you know, has all kinds of funky gadgets and screws a silencer onto his gun and, and, and tracks the person and then, and does this and then wipes the credentials and you have to give him like clean unmarked bills or something or some offshore account <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. And then there's like a guy who makes hero sandwiches at, in the daytime and then like uses a snub nose revolver <laughs> and like walks up to the guy and is like, Hey, Bobby, bop, bop, bop. And then the guy falls, and then he gets him two or three more times, drops the gun, and goes off eating the sandwich he made earlier. <laughs> As if it was nothing. No, with no worry that he would be caught. For like $400. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like you want to go with the guy one. I have no idea how to get in touch with that guy. That guy I have no means of getting in touch with. And I don't think I have a guy in the mob either. I think for me, it's going to come through like drug dealing underworld. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. You know, it's funny too. This could lead to a very awkward conversation if like there's always one kid from every town whose dad is in the mafia, supposedly. You like hit up that kid's dad and it turns out he's just a completely legitimate businessman. <laughs> Dude. Dude, how you're Italian, right? Yeah. How how often do kids love to say with complete certainty that someone's dad is in the mafia? It's like in every group that I've ever encountered, there's always one. I was talking about this yesterday with with a friend of mine who knows a guy whose dad, you know, it's crazy. It's connected. You know, he's connected. Cash businesses. You know what I mean? All yeah. Or, or, or he just runs a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe he's just a normal guy. Yeah. It's completely, yeah. I don't know, whatever. But it is always fun to see these kind of like stories about this shit. I mean, not in this situation. This is terrifying. But just in general, stories of organized crime, there's a reason why it's such a popular topic mm -hmm. for movies and stuff, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> what did Chris just say to us? Oh, he's saying something about a hitman in China. Um, yeah, but you could figure find one over there. So there was sure. this hitman case in China where they kept outsourcing it to other people, and they all ended up getting arrested. By the time the last guy got it, he was making barely any money, and they all got caught and all went to jail. Yeah, I mean, that's the other problem is that like somewhere down the line, you're accidentally going to get, you're going to hire somebody who's posing as a bad dude, but really is a police officer. They do that. Right. Yeah. Right.
And dude, that's the other thing. It's crazy to me that that story is real. The story about the guy who goes so undercover that it ruins his personal life. And then he starts feeling, you know, he starts feeling compassionate for the killers. And mm. how often do you think that guy actually, I mean, he can't turn over to the bad guys because the cops are following his every move and he no longer has an identity. Like what a fucking stupid yeah. job to undertake. Stockholm syndrome. Dude, I, I've always thought being um, deeply undercover would be, I'd be something, I'd be good at that though. I think you would be too. And it's because I make friends with very different groups of people. I'm a chameleon of friendship. Is that um, why you think so? <laughs> I think so. Like, I think that, you know, I could infiltrate a drug cartel. Like, dude, one time I went to a Wale concert in Boston and somehow <laughs> I got invited back to the behind the stage thing after the show and it was Wale's birthday and I ended up on a couch with him giving him career advice as we ate his birthday cake. Are you serious? What the, how the fuck did that happen? True story, dude. True story. <laughs> it was it was insane. It was just one of those things. Like I talk about this a lot. Where in the Harry Potter series, he drinks liquid luck one night and just like knows what to do. The world kind of presents itself at every turn, and he right. he's like, I feel like I should do this next, and he ends up going to Hagrid's cabin and asking him. That's how he ends up getting the right. truth about uh whatever Voldemort. Um, yeah, in this situation, I was just like following my instincts and one thing led to another. I like snuck a bracelet off someone's wrist, got backstage. While I found out that I went to Harvard, he trusted my opinion on business matters. <laughs> I was telling him he needed to do more collaborations with artists like, um, you know, Ra Ra, Lady Gaga. And he goes, man, do you know how much it cost me to get her to feature on that one song. He's like, I lost money on that song. And I was like, I know Wale, but you do two more. Next thing you know, you're a pop artist. You're blending pop with hip hop. Here. That's so we're eating birthday cake. And I, I ended up puking on the way home uh, in the cab. Oh my God. Yeah, man. you had to have been drunk for that. So drunk. I was drinking tequila all night. That's Just great, dude. Straight tequila. Oh. What a great story. I love shit like that. Were you with people? Did you like get separated from your group of friends? So so what had happened was, yeah, somehow Wally was performing at uh, like a Harvard spring fling event. That's and funny because it sounded like you just said while he was performing, you said <laughs> no. Wale and both of them were. Wale was, yeah, he was like, he was opening for Kid Cudi, who gotcha. was the main event. And it was pretty cool. It's called Yard Fest. We did it every year. Sarah Bareilles came the next year, who's actually also great. Oh, yeah. Um, so Wale opened for Kid Cudi, and he was awesome. Um, and then the next, I think it was like, maybe it was the night before he was performing at the House of Blues with um, Chitty Bang. And by the way, Chitty Bang has the worst skin of any person I've ever seen. That Poor guy God. needs some fucking proactive tonight <laughs> it is bad um anyway sorry chitty bang if you're listening so <laughs> one of my buddies a kid i knew had been assigned because he was on like the student council that was responsible for getting the axe he had been assigned to drive wally and his crew around in a big van to get them to the concert location all this and as a result he had tickets to the House of Blues concert the next night and access to the backstage thing. And it was through him, I think, that I was gotcha. able to get a bracelet 
get gotcha. backstage and then go to the birthday party. Gotcha. Solid progression. But the point is, why did I bring this up? Oh, Wale and I are friends, right? <laughs> and and if that if that can happen, there's no reason that I couldn't become friends with like a Mexican drug cartel, I think. Totally. And you know, Wale's got to be only a couple degrees away from somebody who knows about that kind of stuff. All Hollywood people know it's people. It's possible. Like that. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, that's funny. Yeah. One of my friends, uh, he, he, I got a very unique task from a friend. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote a script in college. Okay. And he asked me, he's like, hey, man, if I paid you, would you put this in a script form for me? And I was like, well, dude, it's really easy. I was like, I can just show you how to do it. And like, then we don't have to worry about this. Cause I mean, I could do it. It's just going to take me a while. And like, I'm not going to do it for free. So he, I guess thought about it and then Venmo me one night. So now I got to write this guy's script for him and, but he's already written it. So I just have to basically plug it into the format, um, which as you can imagine would take a while in the middle of it. I started thinking that I should go back to my old tricks. Remember how I told you guys that story about how I, I, I proofread a friend's essay and wrote that the teacher had nice tits as the last <laughs> sentence. With, yeah. which I, with, then she circled it and he's like who the fuck did this anyway so i was thinking that i should do something like that in in my friend's script screenplay i should just include a a scene out of nowhere that's like deeply pornographic and descriptive and specific and not tell <laughs> him, him the script back the problem is i'm afraid he's not going to read the script and then he's just going to send it around to people and like they're going to get to page 35 and it's going to be like he pulled out his thick erect member stuck it and (laughs) started masturbating thick is always throbbing there are certain adjectives when you read those books that you find on like a spinning stand at walmart um those like erotica novels grandma where where you're just like oh man this writer really pictured that penis (laughs) but yeah dude just like a full-on three-page porn scene which is one of my favorite pranks to do to my friends i know i've talked about this before but like i'll write a sketch for them and the first two pages are normal and then by page four it's got it's like become a complete fucking <laughs> hardcore porno but whatever i love it yeah dude go for it absolutely should i just get him hell yeah if he's gonna be <laughs> so lazy as to lend the the quill to you <laughs> he has That's to true. live with what happens it's great, dude. You know Harrison Ford. Speaking of Harrison Ford, happy birthday. I do know Harrison Ford. Happy 78th birthday to Harrison Ford. I posted this. A lot of people have been asking me about this. So I posted this um, picture or these series of photos on, on my Instagram wishing Harrison Ford a happy 78th birthday. And I haven't seen Harrison Ford since that day. <laughs> so that was the whole joke. It was like, you know. My good friend, we haven't Harrison seen, Ford. My good friend who I haven't seen right. for 20 21 years um but the exchange that i've that i had with harrison ford when i was nine years old was quite significant um and basically you know i'll tell the story really quickly i I told this at barstool but my mom was high school or no she was college roommates with um this woman lisa hallaby who went on to become queen nor of jordan Oh, yes. Um, she met the king when she was in the Peace Corps. She was this beautiful American woman who met the king of Jordan. They fell in love and they got married and had four children together. Um, and my mom was very, very close to her. And she's my sister's godmother. 
Um, so obviously close, close family friend. Crazy. And we went, we were invited to their 25th wedding. The, the King of Jordan has since passed away probably like 14, 15 years ago, King Hussein, but he was revered in the Middle East as a, a major peace broker between, you know, the, the Arabs and the Israelis. Oh. Um, Obviously, Jordan was an, uh, an American ally, so a very important strategic partner in that region. And um, he was the king for like 50 years or something. Yeah. And uh, so we were invited to their 25th wedding anniversary at their estate in Ascot, England. And Ascot, England is where the horse races are. It's like the Greenwich, Connecticut of England. It's very, Sick. you know, the, the king and the queen of England has, a, has an estate there. It's, it's gorgeous. I'm nine years old. We go over there. <laughs> I'm too young to go to the big party. But somehow my sister at 11 was allowed to go. And maybe she was granted special privilege because she was the goddaughter of the queen. That's but so crazy. To get I know. And it pissed me off to no end because <laughs> I knew who was going to the party. And it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I knew Harrison Ford was going to be there. The Prince, Prince Charles was there. Wow. It was a star-studded affair. And I was left at the hotel with a, like a babysitter. And I was furious. Furious. And maybe that's why they let her name the dog, dude. She's the queen's goddaughter. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Such bullshit. So keep going. So what else? So I'm really bummed out. The next day, we go to the house for a very intimate tea, an afternoon tea. I went swimming in the pool with her daughters, the princesses, who, by the way, were gorgeous. One of them, Princess Iman, was named to uh, People Magazine's 25 Hottest Royals Under 25. Um, and years later at the queen's 60th birthday, also at the estate in Ascot, I took her for a stroll in the gardens and tried to kiss her. And she told me that if her brothers saw me trying to do that, they would kill me. Her brother, who's now the king of Jordan. No, no, right? no. Not her not. brothers were not. Um, because the king had had a couple kids from a pre with a previous marriage. Gotcha. And one of those sons, King Abdullah is the king. Gotcha, he gotcha. went to Deerfield, by I know. the way. Yeah. Crazy. So this is stories all over the place now. I know it's hard to whatever, keep track of, but there, there's a lot of iterations. So, so back to when I'm nine years old. Um, we're at this tea, you know, and there's like 12 people there, very low key, eating finger sandwiches. A helicopter comes over the house low and banks and lands in the manicured lawn right in front of the house. And out of the pilot seat steps Harrison Ford. <laughs> and out of the passenger seat steps the King of Jordan, King Hussein. That's and crazy. they were friends because when Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg were filming Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I don't know if you remember that final Petra, scene. Right? Exactly. Yep. The Canyon of the Crescent Moon is what they yeah. called it in the movie. It's filmed in Jordan at, at a landmark called Petra, which is this ancient site built into the wall of the, of the face of, a, yeah. of the mountain. You've probably seen it on Instagram. It's really fucking cool. It's really cool. And so I think when he was filming that movie, the king would come to the, the, the shoot site and he became friends with Harrison Ford. 
and they kept up and such such so much so that they were like joyriding a fucking helicopter Uh, dude how funny is that i was thinking that like why is the king allowed to just go with harrison ford who's driving a helicopter i know and and harrison ford is a known pilot right but he's also a pilot who's known to have had some very narrow scrapes when he's flown planes before like landing on the wrong runway all this shit oh my god so they step out of the fucking helicopter and dude, I'm sitting at this table and I see who it is. And imagine watching like, dude, this is Han Solo. I'm nine years old. I am dude, I can't, obsessed. I can't even imagine how crazy that must've been. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. I'm obsessed with Indiana Jones. And I've never met a celebrity at that point in my life ever, right? right. The best is like, I've gone to a Celtics game right. and I high-fived antoine walker as he was like going out the tunnel and i was right. leaning over being which you talked about for three years after that or bingo. For, yeah yes bingo so they they they're walking up and my mouth went i still remember like my mouth went dry i start like needing to go to the bathroom really badly um i'm super nervous i can't believe what's happening and harrison ford sits down directly next to me like he's seated next to me at this table of 12 people and then we proceed to have like this tea and he's talking to me because i i'm a kid you know and he's like a nice guy totally totally and i'm it's one of those things where like i'm very lucky that i was a young cute kid oh yeah because if i'd been like a teenager he wouldn't have given a shit about me I wouldn't have given two shits about it. The older you get, the less of a chance you have of that going. Yeah, the less credit and, and sort of, you know, he's not going to want to look like the the nice, elderly, charitable guy talking to the kid. And I'm asking these, like, pretty basic questions. It's all I could muster. Just sh- making shit up on the fly. I asked him about this scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark with the blimp. Oh yeah. And they're riding the blimp and they get into that little tiny escape plane and then they're all that the, there's the plane chase. And then they land the plane on the beach and Sean Connery uses his uh umbrella to send the birds up into the sky, which cracks the windshields of all the Nazi planes. Oh, that's from last crash. that's from the last crusade. Was that last crusade? Okay, I get those Connery, two confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. So anyway, I asked him how they like shot that scene. And then he like did this very technical fucking answer which i didn't hear a single word of because i was just salivating (laughs) over this but the best part of it all i mean we got those great pictures it's me my sister we and you know we ended up leaving the table we had to go walk into the gardens to plant this little tree to commemorate the king and the queen's 25 years of marriage i was very gung-ho about that i grabbed the shovel i was shoveling dirt being like look at me i know how to be an adult look i could be a godchild too yeah but there's that (laughs) yeah there's that picture of me walking away with Harrison Ford is my favorite picture. Dude, it's so funny. I was literally my life. You two, like, it's like the, the walk you make the night before you're supposed to get married or like yes. some important conversation happening there. I was We're dying. buddies. He's so my funny. buddy. And look at how young Harrison Ford looks too, you know? Oh, he, looked, he looked great, dude. That's like he the prime of his life. He had this deep, gravelly voice so that, like, whenever he said anything for the table, everyone would lean in. You know, he just yeah, oozed stardom. I mean, this guy this guy was Leonardo DiCaprio in his prime. This is the A-list movie star of that moment, and we fucking hit it off. And um, at the very end of it, my parents had asked, like, you know, 
because I had been desperate for this and didn't have the courage to ask. They asked if he might sign an autograph for me. And he took, he found this pad of, of paper in the, in the house that had the Royal insignia of Jordan on it. It's the crown insignia with some like uh, Arabic scrawl. And he wrote uh, to Francis, may the force be with you. Harrison Ford. Wow. And I, I still have the note. That's fantastic. dude. And dude, it's, it's the greatest celebrity encounter I've met. Like, not to brag, wearing a barstool. I met a lot of celebrities. Nothing will compare to that encounter that I had with Harrison Ford. That's magical, dude. I love it, dude. He really was the fucking man. Like, just the uh, amazing leading man. And also, like, my whole life, he just seemed like he was forty-five years old. From when he was younger to when he was older, he's just been like in that perfect man age look. He's aged so well. Um, and he's, he's not a so pussy. You can tell right. he's not like some like girly man. No offense to like the, all the girly men out there. But yeah. like, he's just like, a, he's a fucking strong leading man. It's just nice to see a nice manly man fucking kicking ass in movies, dude. It's a, it's a Absolutely. Dude, some guy, I, some guy DM me. And this was really cool. And he said he'd met Harrison Ford when he was hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. And he showed me this picture and there's Harrison Ford wearing like Gore-Tex pants with his windswept bangs. And it was, he was doing it for his 75th birthday to prove that he could still do it. How badass is this guy? That's, un- that's incredibly badass. That was recently. Was, Jesus. Yeah. And then, dude, think about this too, right? This guy didn't, I don't think he did movies or didn't do many movies for a little, like a long period of time. He did that like Indiana Jones Oh, reboot yeah, yeah. with Shia LaBeouf probably got paid a lot for that and then out of nowhere reprises his role as Han Solo in the new Star Wars movie the only one that was good yeah and dies in the end and crushes the role and makes 20 million dollars for it at like whatever 73 74 years old how sick would that be it's incredible dude. to get the call and be like hey want to play Han Solo again and be like <laughs> sure 20 million bucks <laughs> Sure, dude. <laughs> I mean, so badass. Fucking awesome, man. He's, he's dude. Cheers to Harrison Ford. You're the fucking man. Um, yeah. Love it, man. That's a great story. Well, take us out, G. I, 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 uh, I'm still glowing from this. So, uh... <laughs> dude, thanks for sharing. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, we are Oops the Podcast. Check out our YouTube. We have all the episodes in full. Uh, and send us your oopses. You know, we'd love to hear about your mistakes or anything you feel like sharing to us. You can send it to our Instagrams. I'm not Julio. He is Francis C.C. Ellis. Um, or you can send it to at Oops the Podcast or Oops the Podcast at gmail.com. And send, send cool celebrity stories, too, if you've got them. But oh, meaningful please. ones. Yeah, those are great. We love mm-hmm. those, too. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for listening. And, uh, you yeah, know, we'll talk to you soon.